For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, welcome back to the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am so excited. A milestone episode number 300, baby. Prepare for glory. Jacob Bannon of Converge is the guest. Could not be more excited. I've been a huge fan of Converge since like the 90s. And Jake's a guy that doesn't do a ton of interviews, doesn't put himself out there all that much, a private person, but he was super, super forthcoming and honest. This is a great episode, one for the ages. I have so many people to thank. First of all, you. Sitting right there listening to this, thank you very much for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening to the show or you've listened to all other 299 episodes, doesn't matter. Love the support. Thank you so much. If you want to support this thing, if you want to help out the show, check out the All Access Club, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access for a small monthly fee. That helps me out and you get a whole bunch of bonus content, bonus episodes, merchandise, access to an amazing community of other fans of the show. Check it out, leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Check out our sponsors as well. All that really, really helps out. Be sure to follow at Syndrome on Instagram and follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. I'm on there regularly. Me and Mr. Mike Howell do a weekly show. It's a podcast too called New Noise where we talk about all the new records coming out. It's a good time. And mash that follow button so you can keep these episodes coming at you because we aren't stopping. This isn't the final episode. I've got big plans for 2022. I am super, super excited. Thank you so much for being on board. So yes, I say prepare for glory as an inside joke to myself, because when I saw the movie 300 in theaters, you know, this is Sparta and CGI muscles and Gerard Butler and you know, the movie. Well, I went to the ticket taker and he was this little nerdy kid and I gave him the ticket and he looked at it 
and his eyes widened. He went, prepare for glory. And he ripped my ticket and gave it back to me. And every time I think about this movie or the number 300 at all, I think of that moment. So yes, prepare for glory. I'm so excited for this episode. So let's get into it. Here it is. Episode 300 with Jacob Bannon of Converge. I'm on uh, the back of a bus in Albuquerque. Uh, my voice is a little sketchy at the moment, so uh, thanks for bearing with me. No problem. It sounds like a perfect uh, a, a perfect uh, scenario to do to to do any sort of talking. So, <laughs> well, I'm sure you've lost your voice uh, a, a handful of times over the years. I, I have. You know, I actually only typically it's it's from talking in it's always been talking in, in sort of louder environments. Right. I don't really lose it from, from playing per se, like a, like a show or performing in any way, but it's, it's usually from, from that. And the only thing that, that actually helps is no matter what anybody says, like there's, there's no red, there's actually no remedy aside from hydration and sleep. Yeah. That's it. I've tried, I've tried a million things on, you know, on a million trips and nothing, nothing works except for just that. Cause it just has to repair. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I'm here with Jacob Bannon of Converge. Uh, honored to talk to you, man. Um, been a big fan for, for a very long time. Somebody I've wanted to have on the show forever. And I'm excited to talk to you at kind of a cool time in Converge history. Uh, would you agree with me? I mean, I guess like that's, that that's that's up to to fans of our band. I'm not I'm not <laughs> to have you know I don't have self self accolades like that. You know, right? I just I think that we're always being productive. We're always doing at least to us interesting things that are fulfilling to us. You know, and relevant to to us that that just you know make us you know make us fulfilled in some way creatively so like anytime you, you get us is hopefully a good time but yeah right now we just had you know we just worked real hard on on a record and you know you're getting us at that time so if that's your thing then cool totally well you're downplaying it a little bit but this thing is something else blood moon blood moon volume one out now um just for people that don't know, I mean, you've basically started a new band, uh, added a whole new, a whole bunch of new elements uh, to this. It somehow still feels familiar. Um, how did this all come to be? Well, you know, years ago, and I'm talking like, you know, like 99, 2000, like late 90s or whatever, uh, Kurt, the Converge guitarist, and myself would talk about often about just, you know, musical ideas and things. I remember back then a specific conversation that, that we had where he wanted to, he was just talking about the, the idea of bringing in more instrumentation into our band in some capacity. Right. And, um, yeah, so we were talking about that way back when, and, um, since then we we have done that to a degree right so like sure. we we've always brought in different things but most folks who know know our band typically uh, typically consider us like an abrasive band an aggressive band and we are that very much so but there's also a lot of dynamics in what we do and you know a lot of what i would call like surface level listening of our band um, doesn't really allow for those things to sort of happen. You know, like if somebody, for example, is a modern music listener, they're probably hopping from, you know, like track to track and some sort of, you know, digital playlist. And if they, if we keep their attention, which I don't think anybody has an attention span in the world in, <laughs> in that kind of, you know, in, in that environment, because it's true, it's like, it's a hard environment for for somebody to listen to a full album, um, a lot of those sort of dynamics get, you know, they don't get lost, but they just kind of, they just don't get experienced. So right. 
so we've been working on that and having that in our in our songs for a, a while um but we wanted to do something uh just bigger in terms of collaboration you know like um where we've been a band for like over 30 years and so when you're when you're like looking at that kind of time frame things become uh even though they might not be predictable they may become formulaic in the sense that like each person kind of has a certain role that they've kind of within the creative body of the band and we all kind of work within our lanes and it works well um but we want to do something that just really threw that rule book out entirely yeah and the idea of bringing in true collaborators and i'm not talking about like guests i'm talking about like writing partners you know editing partners like really like getting out of our comfort zones like we felt that that would be a really cool way of of expanding the capabilities of what our band you know is slash was so um yeah so we just started working towards that idea and um kept it on the back burner for a bit here and there while you know like other things you know took precedent um but then when all the sort of planets aligned it seemed like it and we you know got together with uh, you know ben c and chelsea and steve it just um it just made sense you know so at that we started doing that um I guess we started talking to Ben and Chelsea in around like 2009, 2010, um, just as, just as peers and friends. And I did a, um, I did a split record with one of Ben C's, um, uh, projects that he does on his own, uh, with one of mine. And we just kind of stayed in creative contact. Yeah. He worked on the Where Your Wounds, Rust in the Gates of Heaven album with me. And, uh, also in that time, he, uh, Kurt, uh, produced and engineered a, uh, not even produced, but just engineered a, uh, a, a Chelsea record, uh, for them. And we just have, we've had a good sort of slow friendship build over that time. And so eventually, uh, I'll fast forward a little, <laughs> we were, we were offered, um, the opportunity to do some stuff at Roadburn Festival. And for folks that aren't familiar with Roadburn, uh, Roadburn was, is and was one of the most interesting sort of heavy festivals out there. And one of the things that they do is they, they truly curate it and, and commission music. And uh, Walter from, uh, from Roadburn was like, I would love for Converge to be part of it and, you know, just do something unique, whether it be a, um, you know, full album set, which is not, not uncommon now. Bands sure. have been doing that for a long time. Um, but just something just different and that sort of rekindled our idea of trying to do converge blood moon um in a more serious capacity so uh kurt at that time uh went into the studio and uh put together some alternate arrangements for some existing converge songs and then we went out and uh we, we invited ben and chelsea and steve to be part of that with us and they were really excited uh once we sent them the demo ideas and then uh cool. then we started like working for it and then we did some shows we did like three shows together we really enjoyed the experience and then started writing basically right after that and that was 5 years ago yeah so when you get in a room like for the first time is it is it a bit nerve-wracking i mean it's been the same you know four of you in the band for over 20 years and obviously you know steven really well um but how did that feel when you first got in a room to be like all right we're doing this I was, I think just exciting. I think for everybody, um, especially at first when we didn't, we all knew each other creatively, but not really personally, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, it takes a little bit of time to figure out, you know, who's going to just, just figure out each other's personalities and character, you know, but we all went into it with the intention of, you know, being fully open with the creative process. Um, and, that that's you know exciting and challenging so like all of a sudden like you know you like you're taken totally out of your wheelhouse because you know you're just you're just doing something that you haven't really done you know that was like a, a super exciting thing at those european shows that you know a lot of people who are experiencing blood moon now um don't know this but you know the idea of blood moon is that 
you know, it's a seven piece band, but we're all multi-instrumentalists. And so we're switching instruments all the time during a blood moon. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the staging is very fluid. You know, there's some songs that, you know, like I'm playing bass There's some songs I'm playing guitar. There's some songs I'm just singing. There's some songs that, that like uh, needs playing acoustic or switching to, you know, a, a different guitar or a different bass. Um, everybody, sometimes Chelsea's just singing. Sometimes she's playing guitar. Um, she's doing both. It's very fluid like that. And um, all these songs are sort of structured in that way as well. You know, that's why I like, the, the sort of uh, musical voices change quite a bit because we all, everyone's doing a little bit of everything. And that's something that's really special, you know, just kind of like throwing the rule book out and being able to have that kind of freedom rather than be sort of locked into the basic roles that, right. that people are seeing us in. Totally. Well, I mean, you know, coming from being, being that you've been in Converge for 30 years and you started, you know, when you were, high school kids or whatever, um, you know, you'd get in a room, you turn up the amps and you jam. And that was the song, you know? Um, so now nowadays, like it's a lot different, but you know, I was, I didn't know you were, you know, a guitar player or bass player. How's that kind of been incorporating that into the music, you know, on your own, or is that something that you've kind of always done? Oh, I've kind of, I've always done it. Um, when we like every once in a while when we're, when we're practicing and working on riff ideas like and, and, and whatnot like in writing like you know I'll, I'll, I'll sit there with, with something you know with a with a bass or usually a bass um, you know and just sort of like show the guys like an idea I have here or there or whatever um, but like yeah like I it's for me it's my perspective is a lot different than than listeners of our band, you know, I started this band as the bass player, you know, like yeah. when I was a kid with a, with a drummer and a guitarist, like I, I didn't, I had no intention of being a vocalist. I don't consider myself a vocalist, you know, <laughs> like, um, I just, I, I fell in that role only because you know, we had plenty of bass players and plenty of guitarists and somebody had to sing. And so that's, that was just like the role I, I got. Um, and, so I just, I've never been fully comfortable in that role, you know? So, um, and I probably never will be, you know, that's kind of, I guess that's part of it. Um, so like being able to, to play other things on stage with this band to me is a, is a cool thing. And, uh, you know, it's not to say that I'm going to throw out, um, so I'm going to throw out being a, like just like a, a straight vocalist all the time now, but like, um, it is, it is cool. And it's a, um, it's definitely something that I, I really like doing and, you know, not being just the vocalist in a band. Yeah. It must be nice to have some, some songs off too, where you don't have to scream your head off and run around the whole time. Right. Well, you know, like a lot of them, well, here's the thing, like a lot of that movement and like physicality and stuff, comes from me being like super uncomfortable. Like I don't want to be there, you know, <laughs> but like it's like too late to not be there. You know, like I can't really rewrite that, that aspect of what our band is. It's just not really like, it's not realistic. Um, so I just kind of always like, accepted that role as being somebody who, who's doing that. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Like life could be a lot worse, you know? So I couldn't have a creative outlet at all, right? Right, right. Um, absolutely. Uh, I also heard you guys recorded the drums last, which is a, a pretty, you know, recent modern recording technique. I assume that was the first time you'd ever done that in Converge? Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to do that. Um, but, you know, the, the pandemic gave us a lot of challenges, you know, one of them being travel. So, um, Ben, our drummer lives in California now. So it made, um, just in studio tracking quite difficult for us, um, when the pandemic hit. So we, we actually, we had plans to all be in the studio together for a number of weeks in the spring of 2020. Um, basically when we were all coming off of a bunch of tours and we were going to do that. Yeah. Then the pandemic crushed all those plans. And so we, 
sort of were, we were in a holding pattern for a bit. We weren't sure what was going to happen. Uh, and then we just decided to, to all start re- working remotely on the record. And the, I think the probably the most challenging, I'm sure Kurt would tell you a lot of other technical challenges, but you know, one of his big ones was, you know, like, okay, well, if we're going to work on this remotely, we have to tempo map this record and tempo map it in a way that it's not just like a, a song snapped to a grid, which is what most modern songs are now. That's why you have, yeah. you know, remixes galore, right? Because everything's snapped to a grid at like whatever beats per minute it's supposed to be. Um, we still want it to be fluid and natural and organic and, you know, have tempo shifts that were very human. And so he spent uh, a lot of time doing that and basically building that. So at the end, Ben was actually playing to something that wasn't on a grid at all, which is kind of fascinating. Right. Where it's like, it's like there's a click for him to play to, um, you know, and he's familiar with the songs already, but it's not, um, it's moving all over the place. You know, it's not, Yeah. he can't just get locked into a, you know, whatever, like a hundred beats per minute and stay there or something. It just wasn't going to fly. So yeah, it was probably a huge challenge for him. Um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of modern records are recorded that way um, now. A lot of pop records, especially. That's super interesting. I uh, wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, like you know, obviously people will kind of humanize like a slow down part, like ramp down or ramp up to get faster. But for it to be completely fluid, that's super unique. Wow. I wonder, I wonder how much you would notice, you know, and listening to a record um, that way, how much more life it gives it. Well, it, it gives it a ton of life. Like if you listen to any sort of, um, basically, it's tough. There's always there's always been some form of a grid, you know, some sort of metronome. You know, even like, um, you know, classic rock bands would, would have a metronome track going in some capacity and they would just sort of drop it for certain points and then reintroduce it in other points of the song and stuff. Um, so like there's always like a level of that. But with, with our band we've always been pretty loose with that in the studio. Um, you know, like if something feels like if we can feel the tempo changing in a way that we don't really collectively like, then we'll, you know, we, we talk about it and try to, you know, like correct that. But more often than not, we just let it be human, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, this year marks 20 years of Jane Doe. Um, obviously your most famous record and an album that, you know, still gets talked about, referenced. People are discovering it all the time. Uh, recognized as one of the greatest heavy music releases of all time. It's funny that you you look at that and I'll tell you, you know, I've talked to people with, with reflections on that record or whatever, but like one, one interesting thing to, well, there's a lot of interesting things about that record to me, but um, one of the interesting things was that when, it, when we actually put the record together, like it wasn't celebrated at all like that you know like when we released that record people didn't care you know like um well, it didn't i, I, cared. <laughs> I definitely I cared but. it got it, it definitely got more more bad reviews and bad reception than it did good um and that's just the reality of it um and that's fine like we don't care about reviews and stuff it's to me it's interesting that that a record that at the time was polarizing um, became something that people, um, you know, pe- people celebrate now. You know, it's, that's, it's just an interesting sort of, uh, it's just a, the interesting reality of that record or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, so what, what was your question? I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I mean, I guess the question was, did you know it was going to be something that we would be talking about 20 years later? I mean, I don't think, I don't think of anything in those terms. So like, I don't think any uh, that would be talking about anything that I'm a part of in any way that we'd be, I'd be sitting with any sort of audience and talking about it. It's just not the way I'm wired, you know, like, and like, I don't look at, I don't look at art and music that way. Like to me, it's not like a legacy thing, you know, it's not like a, um, um, yeah, it's not. It's not like a legacy thing. It's not an ego thing. I just like making making things and expressing myself and being, you know, like moved and connected to you know creative things like art and music. So like, I don't get self reflective like that. Typically, I just sort of 
make something and move on. And, you know, if an audience connects with it, that's super cool. You know, I'm really appreciative of that, but it's not the goal, you know, the goal is just to, it's just to be, you know, and just to, you know, just to, to make something, you know, honest and pure. So when we made that record, yeah, I mean, it was a weird, turbulent time for our band. Um, probably the more, one of the more turbulent times we've ever had as a band. Um, so like my, my experiences in the, over that time are very different. Like, like we at the time we just shed a member and, and Aaron Dahlbeck and yeah. Aaron's a good guy, but he's a good guy, but it wasn't a good fit anymore. And that was, you know, that was emotional for all of us. And, you know, and it wasn't a easy experience, like an easy experience or process to, to go through. And then, um, a lot of the recording and writing in the record was sort of, uh, a bit mired in, in that subject because like we were working hard on something creatively. And unfortunately, like, he, you know, he didn't have the, the, the sort of like ability and time to devote to it. Like we were so like the three of us were. And so that was frustrating. So the, the creative process was a bit frustrating. Hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah, and that's why we, that's one of the main reasons why we asked him to leave the band at the end. It's like, you can't, you can't show up, you can't show up late and leave early. Right. You know? <laughs> Not know your stuff. It's just, uh, it's just, it becomes a drag for everybody, you know, especially when you're, when you're making something creative, like, you know, you're, you're putting everything you have into it, you know, and like, it just, it, it hurts when somebody's not on the same page, you know? Totally, um, totally. So uh, that was a tough, yeah. um, I don't think, um, but yeah, I don't think about, um, I don't know. I just, I just don't really reflect on the record as being, being that significant. I don't, I don't think it's our best record. You know what I mean? Um, but I appreciate the fact that it has an audience and that people connect with it. Um, and, um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Wow. Um, thanks for explaining all that. It also came out at a pretty crazy time in the world, right? It came out like a week before 9-11. So that must have been... Um, yeah, that was that was definitely strange. I mean, we left for a tour that week. Too. You know, our, our New York show at CB's was obviously canceled. I remember still driving, um, driving through New York City and seeing the skyline and seeing all the smoke and smelling it from where we were. Um, I remember we played Connecticut the, the, the night of, I think I want to say the 12th, I think we played the play Connecticut. Wow. Um, so we, and then we drove through the following day. So they, we were like 48 hours out. Um, yeah, it was, it was a heavy time um, for sure. Um, but like, what isn't right? Yeah, right. What isn't, what isn't we've had another pretty crazy time this last, uh, this last year. Yeah, I mean, socially, well, obviously. I, I feel like so socially, we've probably lived um, lived through more in the last two years than um, than a lot of times within our band. You know, it's been pretty significant for sure. But and it's funny, it's and it's also paralyzed our band. You know, like we, we were able to make a record in that time, um, or at least you know we started the process before it, but you know we completed a record in that time, and like that's just. I'm, just the fact that we were able to do that kind of blows my mind sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's what's going to happen moving forward now? I mean, you've got obviously Converge and Converge Blood Moon. Um, you're doing, I know you're playing Jane Doe, I think in December in LA. Um, yeah, it's really, probably tour. the last time we'll do that. Like, we don't, we don't right. like doing those things. I mean, we like <laughs> playing shows, but the... The, the only reason why we're doing it is because Albert asked us from Decibel and he's a very, very supportive guy of our band has always been super cool to us. And so it's a, it's a thank you to them to, to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, we're not, we're not a band that's going to go do like tours on, on records or things like that. Like we won't go and do like, I don't see us doing an anniversary tour on something. Um, it's just not, it's just not our style as people, you know, like, we just want to want to do play songs that we like playing all the time. Um, but what's going to happen is there's, there's basically, there's just 
two, there's basically two versions of converge, you know, so you have regular core converge, uh, for lack of better terminology. And, you know, we just keep doing what we do, um, as long as we feel motivated to do so, which we still are, and we still are writing music and, and planning tours and whatnot and doing just being an active band and blood moon is now an extension of the converge world as well. Um, where we, we view converge blood moon as its own seven piece band, um, that will, you know, continue do being productive and, you know, making, making music and art on its own. Um, you know, it's, yeah, that's kind of like the way, the way we look at it. Um, and I think whether that, that means like we make, you know, like five more records, one more record, 10 more records is a converged blood moon. I, I have no idea, you know, we just, right. we'll just keep doing things as we've always done them, you know, and um, as long as it feels right, we'll continue to, to go down that path. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we did it because it, they were not definitely not the first band in the world to ever want to, um, to branch out and do different things. You know, it's been done countless times within all genres of music, but it's something that um, we always wanted to do. And, you know, five years in the making is a significant amount of time. So uh, I'm down with, um, with any, any forward movement on that, on that front. Have you started writing, I, I hate to say like more traditional converged songs uh, for an upcoming record. Has that been kind of kicked kick the tires on that at all or or what's the plan kind of for the next thing we always we always have things going on we have we have things going on in regular converge we have things going on in blood moon all of our related bands of the of our universe out here all have things going on as well um yeah we're all just trying to trying to be productive in this like really yeah, interesting time for creativity, you know, because still like we don't know what live music is going to look like, you know, and like live music has been such a big part of our band forever. You know, I've, I've toured every year since I was 16 years old. I'm 45 and I didn't tour for basically <laughs> the last like two years, really, you know, and that, and that's fine. Was that tough on you? I mean, you, you know, do you use this as an outlet for, uh, you know, an escape or did you need the break after uh, that long of, of, you know, well, it's so much an escape is that you know, like converge is a very, or it has been by, at least by like the, the way I look at it as a very, it's a very personal thing for me where I would, you know, work out a lot of, a, a lot of emotion and a lot of sort of like trials and tribulations that I was feeling at any particular point in time, I would work it out through that art and music. You know, it's, that's why it's always been a personal band. That's very different than a lot of like the sort of, uh, typical, you know, heavy metal bands or hardcore bands that sort of just like go, go through like certain metaphors and motions, you know, and just like, just do their thing. Like this, the thing songs are like deeply rooted in me, you know? Yeah. Um, at least, you know, lyrically. So that, that is a really, that's been a really important part of my life to be, to, just to be a functioning adult, um, and a functioning person, even before I was an adult. Right. Um, it's always been my outlet. So not having that has been a huge challenge. Um, so it's not, it's not a matter of um, missing it. It's just more, it, it amplifies a lot of the sort of psychological deficiencies that I have without art and music. Um, and I think everybody has that to some degree with something in their lives. You know, sometimes it's a creative thing. Sometimes for some, some folks, it's fucking fantasy football. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, who knows what it is, but like for me, it's art and music. You know, it's just like, it's, it's just kind of like what's kept me, um, I guess like kept me going in a bunch of ways. So it's, it's caused me to reevaluate a lot of things in the way I make art and music and also reevaluate, um, just like sort of like relationships and 
that I have with it and, you know, relationships I have within my life that are like positive or negative. It's like, it's been a big reflecting time. Um, so I, yeah, do I miss it for sure? Um, but like, there's also aspects of it that I don't miss at all. You know, like people will always have different kind of generalizations and assumptions as to like what traveling as, as part of a band is. And it is, it can be a really magical and wonderful experience but there's a lot of loneliness too, yeah. you know? And, um, you know, like there's a lot of like, it's great to see peers when you're touring and have like certain like, you know, bonds with folks and you make, you, you, you get like good acquaintances and friendships out of stuff sometimes, but like, there's also a lot of time alone and a lot of time waiting and why, like why you could be doing other things in your life that could be productive. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. Your relationship changes with it after a while. Like things that were like super romantic and, um, and adventurous and fun when you're like, you know, 18 and 20 have a different turn at different points in your life. And so, um, yeah, so it's, so I'm kind of like in the, the midst of like sort of reflecting on a lot of those things now. Um, but the, it's, it's unique to everybody, you know, like you could ask that question to everybody and within our band um, and you probably get different answers as to what their experience is with it. Absolutely. No, that's well, well put. I mean, you yourself, you have a bit of a mysterious personality. I don't know if that's weird for someone to tell you that. Um, but talking to you... I don't, see, I don't think I am because like I, I'm pretty open. You are though. I'm, that's the thing. I was I, just going to say. I, I, I would say like I'm actually... It's It's strange. It's... I'm open, but I'm not. And in a sense that like, I'm very open in, in my music and, and art and, and creative stuff. Um, and that's, and that's where I put that there. And like, I don't really like try to explain it past that very much because it's all there, you know, it's all, it's all in like the art and music. So like to dissect it a lot of times, like when folks ask me to dissect this or that, or like, I usually don't do that because it just kind of like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like, like, it, all right. I can liken it to a bunch of ingredients in a, in some sort of food, right? Like, when somebody enjoys a thing that they are eating, do they now have to know exactly all the ingredients that go into that thing or do they just enjoy right. the thing, you know, like, and a lot of music journalism tends to go, um, to go South where people start to just ask for the ingredients list of what makes you, you. And like, that doesn't really interest me because I haven't figured that out myself, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So like, that's like, um, that's, it's, it's a weird thing. So like, that's why like, I, I'm like very open and approachable, but I guess like, I guess some people would think that like, I'm, I'm not because I'm not like, I don't really entertain that, that kind of, uh, breakdown of art and music very much. Yeah. Like you are open and approachable. Like when I have you on the phone, I'm talking to you, but I just imagine a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's Jacob Bannon, the the guy that writes the dark emotional lyrics, you know, and, and does all this art. And then there's kind of like everyday Jake. I don't know. I don't know if you like yeah, see I that. Think, well, I, if you see that one, yourself. They're one in, well, they're one and the same. And I think that that division sort of happens just, just by the relationship that people have with your art and music or like, you know, what that whatever is sort of accessible to the public. And that's not just like, unique to me i think that's just like anybody that makes stuff that people are curious about like um people want to start unpacking who they are you know um past that and like yeah i mean i, I don't know like i'm i'm probably just as just as deeply flawed or more so than you know anybody else in the world i just happen to make stuff that people look at and listen to sometimes you know um but like i don't um I don't know. I don't, I like, I don't have like a, like I've met people that are creative people that like want, that like almost like want an aura, you know? Right. And like, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, like, 
<laughs> like, I, I don't. And, and I never have, though. It's not like it's because I've like had my, my fill of life, of creative life, and now I'm good. It's just like, that's just not what it's ever been about for me. You know, like, I just like to kind of put it into the work and then move on, you know? So, okay. So then other than making art and music and writing, um, what else do you like to do? Well, I, I spend time, <laughs> at this point in my life, I spend time with my family. You know, I spend, spend a lot of time with my, my, my wife and my two sons. And, uh, that's where my priorities are right now. I've, I've done a whole lot of other things. Um, I boxed for a long time. I, I practiced Muay Thai for a long time. Um, I was an art teacher for a little bit when I just got out of college. I, um, I was a licensed MMA judge in the state for a while. Probably still am. I have to check that. <laughs> um, and, but like, I don't, you know, like I ride bikes a lot. That's, that's pretty much it. You know, I like, I don't, I'm not like, I don't know. Like I'm not really like, um, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I'm just like a normal, like a, just a, a normal person, but like a lot of the creative time, a lot of my, my daily time is taken up by like doing creative things or like promoting other people's work for sure that I, you know, that I believe want to support. So like a lot of my time is kind of, yeah, it's just kind of like enveloped in, in that world, as you, as you said. Um, but like, I try to leave it at home, like, you know, leave it at work. Like when I, when I leave death wish uh, at the end of the day, I, I go home and I try to turn my phone off and put it in airplane mode until the next day, you know, and just kind of like unplug from the earth. You know, that's like it's great. What I try um yeah because like i don't know that's listen to a lot of podcasts and i read and, and, and read a fair amount and, and listen to a lot of books on tape and that's pretty much where i'm at at this point in my life i love it jake well man thank you so much for coming on and talking to me um the last thing i want to i want to ask you about is this recent uh jane doe uh thing with the uh, model audrey Mar marnay kind of I don't know, just saying, hi, I'm Jane Doe, and that being kind of a strange uh, thing to happen 20 years. Now that, I mean, uh, to me, that was that was super interesting and great, like, because, like, like I don't think I've seen, like, a reference for, for that work in probably 20-something years. Yeah. You know, it was, like, um, probably, like, one of the, like, the first, you know, like, dozen or two things that I, that I put together for a band in that style. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. That's like a, how I've always made work, you know, like I always reference stuff. I always build stuff or all my pieces are crazy mixed media pieces like that. Yeah. Still are. Um, and yeah, I mean, what the one thing, I guess like the only thing I didn't like about that experience was that like, there's an assumption that like you're, you're not communicating with people and like, that was kind of weird because like, I didn't ever get a, like, no, no, I was, I was never given like a, like I, I was never reached out to before then, you know what I mean? So it's sort of like you get like, um, you sort of almost like get like put publicly on like blast to sort of like defend your work rather than be like, yeah, I totally referenced you. And like, this is, this is crazy. I didn't even know that this existed. This is awesome. Right. Let's talk about this. And then you don't really you're not really given that opportunity because the whole world sort of like chimes in with their opinions as to, you know, like of, of what art is and what art isn't, you know? And like, I don't know, that's just like, is what it is. Like I still, I got a, you know, a slide projector and, you know, right here where I project things on the wall all the time and I make art based on that. I have scraps of thousands of pieces of paper that I, that I Xerox and, tape up and, and do, do India ink washes on and, and gouache washes. I mean, this is like my artistic process. It's just like the void yeah. mind over time. Um, but no, art, like, no, we've been in, in since, since then, um, we've been in communication with her and just going to be like, Hey, just make sure that she's, you know, aware that she's not being exploited and she's being, um, you know, 
taken care of in, in life and there's no ill will, you know, like that's, um, that's the most important thing with, for me is people to understand what, what that is. And it also explains like the, the, there's also like a visual, there's a visual component in 2021 going to 2022 that didn't exist. Um, when, like way back in when I made that record, what, 20 going on 21 years ago or, or any visuals where like that, that piece and that cover is part of a, you know, it's like a large, big, um, at least large for me, because I don't typically make too many giant projects, but like, like I, I think there was like 20 or 20 or 25, like, like super kinetic, uh, collage pieces through that whole record right. yeah. and all the packet. But now in the way people process music now, you don't really get that interaction with a package anymore. So like life, like an, like our album cover really takes a life on into its own. Like it takes a, on a life of its own now more so than it ever did before where like your experience was usually multi-layered before you know you would kind of like get into it and see that it's like part of this like big exactly bigger you know and now you don't and so it makes visuals much more iconic than they used to be um things become almost like little they, they become like little little snippets that define your character for for better or worse it just is what it is it's, it's the way the dancing skull works it's the way yeah the, um, the misfit skull works, uh, you know, Dwid's, Dwid's integrity skull is the same. Um, they're all like, um, Garrett's plain mistaken for stars skull is the same. It's yeah. like, they all yeah. become like these like, unique identifiers, um, over time. And you just, you kind of like don't have control over it. So you just have to embrace it. And that's like the way that like we went with it or like, um, as a band, I remember like years ago, um, uh, like I had no intention of ever doing anything with it aside from just the album cover. And like, um, Nate was like, no, go find that original, um, like, uh, like, uh, whatever, like collage work piece and see if you can pull out, um, if you can pull out your, your like painted face. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. And I remember we did it and we went and played, we made some shirts for a show and that was kind of like the beginning of that visual kind of taking on its own life entirely. Um, I, re- I, I still, I remember the show. So it was a, uh, it was a show at a college with American nightmare. And I think it was like in 2001 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was just like a freak thing. And I remember Wes sitting there and going like, this is awesome. I want to wear this one forever. This is like so cool. And I was like, rad man. I'm glad you, you, you dig this, this visual or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how that works uh, now, you know, like how things can kind of yeah. grow over time and kind of become their own animal entirely. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's the internet. That's yeah, the I, way mean, the internet I mean, for you, you know, as a, as a label owner with death wish and, and putting out all kinds of releases that obviously like the art is super important to you. Um, you know, collaborating with the bands and figuring out that art direction. Yeah. I mean, now, like, does it kind of suck when you know half of it's just going to be like a square thing on Spotify and that's all it is? Like, does that, does that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me because my, my, like, my identity is not as a person isn't like wrapped up in that. I like there, it's, it's funny. Like, um, there's, there's like a point where like you, I don't know, like I really enjoyed that. Like back in the day, I really enjoyed making CD packaging and like yeah. elaborate CD packaging mainly because it felt like a book and it was like something that you could hold in this, like hold in a way that wasn't sort of cumbersome, like an LP was, you know, and it, you could kind of do interesting things with it because of its, because of its size. Um, and that was like a really fun time to come up as a designer and, you know, learn how to design within the confines of that style packaging. And like you could, I learned how to tell visual stories that way, you know, and like, 
and really try to, and because I, I still do, I do design work and, and, you know, art direction for bands inside of Death Wish and outside of Death Wish every day. Um, that's like, that's what my primary job is. Like, I don't even, I don't even consider myself like a, like, I'm not a fine artist. I'm, I'm just sort of like a, um, I'm a, I'm a artist, but I'm, but above all else, I'm probably just like an art director and, and, and designer, you know, and like I do art because it's been sort of some, some jobs call for it, you know? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing. So I don't miss it, but I, I really enjoyed that time when there was physical media. It just changes the way you design things, you know, and like everything is essentially a little poster now, you know, and they, they, <laughs> yeah. have, they are in the sense that they have to have all of the qualities that a, all of the qualities out of the gate where you're not allowed to tell that visual story anymore. Right. You know, it has to be all sort of, um, defined within one image. Um, so in a way it makes it a lot harder, I guess. Right. Uh, just makes it different. Yeah. Nothing's hard. I don't think any of it's, it, it gets hard when you start like agonizing over details, but like, um, it's just a different way. I mean, in some ways you make less work. Um, but that's, you know, you just have to, you just focus more on the, you know, on the key things. Whereas like before you could have a, a like, all right, here's a, a great record is, um, as an example, I don't know if you're familiar with the band modern life is war. Of course. They're a wonderful band that I, that I, I really appreciate and been fortunate to release a bunch of music for them. And yeah, I designed their, um, their witness album for them. Uh, yeah. And that record is, uh, I believe it was like a 30 something page booklet. Um, that told a really interesting visual story um, that really defined that record and the spirit of that record and the spirit of Jeff's lyrics and that band. And I couldn't have really done that um, with all of the visuals that were provided by just doing like a like a solitary cover. Like for sure, to me, the cover is the cover is really understated. Like the meat of that is inside of that record visually. Um, so like if somebody sees the cover now, they'll probably just be like, Oh, it's just this photo of like oldie timey Marshalltown. Right. And, um, and that's it. It's like, no, that's just the beginning of that record. The whole thing is just, exactly. it's, it's, a, it's a monumental art piece. Um, and so I do miss doing that all the time. Um, not, and I miss it all the time. I, I miss that being the process all the time. Um, you know, but it's just a different, it's just a different world we live in now. And I, you know, I, I've accepted that fact and kind of moved on. Absolutely, man. Well, uh, Jake, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much. I do have one, um, final request, uh, because this is episode, uh, 300 of the podcast, every hundred episodes, I asked someone to pick a new theme song for the show. Uh, a hundred episodes ago, I had William Duvall and he picked the bad brains uh, and that's been the theme song for the last hundred episodes. What do you think? If you had a podcast, what would be a great theme song to get this started? I'm putting you on the spot. I realize. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it depends what you're into. I wouldn't want to totally define what you do. Um, what, what bad things? Well, I can, I can always just say no <laughs> if I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You could do that. Um, what, um, Let's see what kind of folks you do you typically talk to. I'm just trying to get a get a glimpse of of your sort of audience. And well, yeah, well, you know, I I mean, I think folks that would enjoy Converge uh, or maybe Silverstein. Um, you know, the Bad Brains has been the theme song the last hundred. Before that, it was uh, uh, Rise Against was the theme song for a while, and uh, uh, Tim Tim uh, from Rise Against picked the picked the theme song for a while. So that's how we do it. What did, what did, what did he pick? Uh, he picked Bed for the Scraping by Fugazi. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to pick... Uh, this is a hard one. <laughs> this is a hard one. Um, I'm going to pick... Crooked Mile from Planes Mistaken for Stars. Oh man, that's a 
That's a great one. And I think I just got word the other day that uh, Garrett passed away. Is that correct? No, he's he hasn't passed away. Um, he's very sick. Uh, um, he's a good, he's a good friend of ours. Okay. Uh, but that record is a really really special record, and um, it's got it's got a lot of really cool moments on it. Um, but that's a that's a really it's a really powerful song, and they're a really special band that they're a band that never fit in anywhere and that's what was so great about them they were like this um the, if they were a, a square peg you know in a world of of you know like like round holes you know like and they they always just sort of did their own thing and uh if you got it you got it yeah and if you didn't you didn't but um it's just so soulful and 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 raw and pure um, that record especially, um, but yeah, that, and I think that's just like a good entry point song for a lot of folks who, um, might not be familiar with that band. So I would suggest that. No, I had a plans mistaken for the stars shirt I wore on stage for, for many years and, uh, we got to finally play some shows with them and they were just such nice people too. So, oh yeah, they're, they're to, they've always been like the coolest folks. So like we've always been tight with them. Our, the, the whole Converge and Deathwish world have always been really tight with them. So, um, absolutely. Yeah, well, and all the best to get and all the best to Garrett. Hopefully, he can get through this. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Jake. Thank you so much for for that and and everything today. And uh, best of luck with uh, the tour next year with Mashuga. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and everything else, man. Congrats on Blood Moon. All right, man. Thank you for having me. Take care, man. Are right, you too? So there it is with Mr. Jacob Bannon. Incredible conversation. I want to thank him so much for taking the time and doing this. And there is some sad news. Garrett from Planes Mistaken for Stars did pass away in late November. I want to extend my deepest sympathy to his family and friends and the entire Planes Mistaken for Stars camp. We lost a truly amazing musician and person and starting next week, we will have a new theme song from Planes Mistaken for Stars. Since this is such a special milestone episode, number 300, I never thought I would ever get here. There are so many people I want to thank. From the early days, Nick Bunda, Mike Mowry, and Matt Carter for believing in me. My publicist, Amy. My editor, Josh. Mike Howell for being an incredible co-host. And most of all, every single member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, my sinners, I seriously could not have done this without you. Your support means everything. I cannot wait for Sinnerfest. Whenever we're going to have it, I cannot wait. I will see you all there. Once again, follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told, Instagram at Lead Singer Syndrome. And don't forget to hit that follow button, whatever you're listening to this on, okay? Hit that follow button right now. I'll wait. Did you hit it? Okay, I think you hit it. Thank you so much, everybody, for 300 incredible episodes. As always, I will be back next week. Cannot wait. In the meantime, I will leave you with the tune. Here is a new one, my personal favorite track from Blood Moon, here it is, Converge and Chelsea Wolf, Lord of Liars on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time. This is